Hey, what's up, guys? This is Box Office Brunch. We're back for another episode. We're your hosts. I'm David. I'm Rita. And today we're talking about Home Alone. But, but. <laughs> yeah, we are. Another, maybe not Christmas movie. <laughs> Just kidding. I think this one's more of a Christmas movie than Die Hard. And I think Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Yeah. I think there is a little bit more of a focus on Christmas in this one. Yeah, we'll get into still it not, too. Still not a lot, but... Did you but see more. Catherine O'Hara reunited with Macaulay Culkin? Yeah. That was cool. So I j- actually just saw this morning that he got his Hollywood Walk of Fame Zach- star, which I think it's kind of crazy that he's just now getting it. Because he's, what, 43 now? And he's been a... He was such a huge child star. Yeah, but he went through that whole phase of like... I know, but even before he went through that phase, I feel like... He was pretty it's, big. Yeah, I feel like he should have gotten it before that. Yeah, it's pretty know. interesting. Zach goes, see what a good wife... Wife? Well, <laughs> he meant like a relationship. See yeah. what a good relationship will do for a man. And I was like, okay. Maybe. One of the fun facts that I saw was that Macaulay Culkin still calls Catherine O'Hara mom to this day. Oh, Yeah, it's very cute. But I did see that she was there for his star i thought that was very cute and he looks good he he really looks that's like that's what he has zach was back. commenting on was that he looked really really good yeah so he looked so bad for like the last what 15 yeah. 20 years like he's looked he was has looked rough but he yeah he's looking really good now good for him and married to brenda song of all people they're, they're engaged yeah or you know yeah are they mm-hmm. i thought he was i thought they were married I think they're just engaged. Mm. They have two kids together, though. So that okay, they're practically married. Pretty much. Yeah, I don't know how long they. I want to say they've been together since like 2017 or something like that. So they've been together for a while. It's weird because I grew up watching both of them, mm-hmm. and I I don't know if she put that on her bingo card, <laughs> <laughs> like that she would marry him. I always forget that she was in Blade, the first one. I just knew her from the Disney Channel. She's like channel. an uncredited scene. She's the one where the, the little girl who gets like thrown into traffic that Blade has to save. I just know her from Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. Yeah. But she was also a child star. So, yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Trigger warnings for this movie. Do we have any? There's. I mean, I mean violence. Violence. Yeah. These. These burglars would be fucking dead as shit. Yeah, have you seen that video where physicians like evaluate their injuries and they're like, "Well, this is what would happen." Yeah, yeah. And this was this movie was I feel like I have read fun facts about this movie before or seen videos about this movie and and stuff so much that like I had to look back to see if we had already done a podcast on this movie. Really? Because I feel like we had talked about it before, but. I think we talked about obviously better watch out last year where they did the home alone paint can thing. Yep. So I don't know if we just talked about it then or if you and I have just talked about it off mic, but I don't know why this hasn't made the list yet. Yeah. It seems like it should have happened before now, but it hasn't. So here we are for brunch. I'm sorry. It's Christmas. Money's tight. We we po we just are eating what i have so we did the same thing we did last week so we got hash browns it's been the season has had the same thing yes this might be just what we do for christmas so i'm sorry if you're disappointed by our brunch 
selections. We're not because it's good. Yeah, it was very good. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's a reason you this can't go wrong like, with like eggs and and hash toast browns and, and hash browns. Yeah, yeah, it's so. they're classics. So yep, yeah. All right. Anything else we need to get into before we jump into Just it? Get into getting your shit <laughs> and get into let's go. I know him. Son of a nutcracker. Welcome, Christmas. Bring your cheer. Okay, Home Alone is about an eight-year-old troublemaker who's mistakenly left home alone and how he must defend his home against a pair of burglars on Christmas Eve. Boom, Christmas movie. Christmas Eve is in the synopsis. This movie was directed by Chris Columbus, famously of Mrs. Doubtfire and the early Harry Potter films. It was written by John Hughes, famously of Sixteen Candles, Breakfast Club, etc., this movie was released November 16th, 1990. Stars Macaulay Culkin as Kevin McAllister, an eight-year-old boy with a penchant for creating harmful inventions. Joe Pesci as Harry, a thief who targets the McAllister's home with Marv. Daniel Stern as Marv, a thief who targets the McAllister's home with Harry. John Hurd as Peter McAllister, Kevin's father. Catherine O'Hara as Kate McAllister, Kevin's mother, and Robert Blossom as Marley, Kevin's elderly neighbor and my favorite character in the movie. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's a bold just... statement to be making. Well, I mean, none of the characters are exceptionally deep. I think that the majority of the McAllisters are fucking awful, and I hate all of them. I think in the end, Catherine O'Hara is no, because good. she comes back in the second movie, does the same shit. Yeah. So, <laughs> I think I just like Catherine O'Hara. I do too. Yeah. And obviously, Kevin is very cute, but he's kind of a little shit. But I also think the reactions to him, are, like are the fact way that out of proportion, the fact that he gets in trouble but Buzz doesn't. Yeah. Buzz, your girlfriend. Woof. I went through a phase where I just like said that all the time about anything I didn't like. I'd just be like, woof. Buzz, your girlfriend, woof. Lastly, this movie had a budget of $18 million and made $476.7 million. That's crazy. Especially for 1990. Mm -hmm. That's so much money. I know. Like... I feel, but you know, I don't know how these films, I don't want to say appreciate, but like, do they still make money? I'm sure there's royalties and stuff to be made on home video sales and like auctioning off the rights to, I think this is on Disney plus right now. So, well, it might be a Disney movie, so who knows, but I know that movies can make money by selling the rights or renting the rights to Netflix and Amazon so that they can stream them on their platform for a certain period of time. 
So I think they still make money. I don't know how that works as far as is Macaulay Culkin still making money off of this and stuff. I have no idea. What is he even doing with his life? Being a father. He's got two young kids. They're like, I think both of his kids are under two. But how does he make money? I'm sure he's still making money off of the movies that he made as a kid. Maybe. Maybe. He's also in a band, I th- I want to say. I think he's a, I think he's a musician too. But I don't know for sure. A musician. <laughs> what was that about? I don't know. Cause Are you judging him for being a musician? Listen, he's never going to be a grown-up in my mind. He's always going to be Kevin McAllister. Yeah. Sorry, pal. Should we watch the trailer, though? Yeah. Where are you going? We're going to miss the plane. When the McAllister family left on their Christmas vacation... Did we miss the plane? No, you just made it. They forgot one small thing. Have yourself... I've had a terrible feeling. Did you lock up? Yeah. Do we set the timers on the lights? Mm-hmm. What else could we be forgetting? Our troubles will be ours. Kevin! Ah! Home alone. Police in the northern suburbs are on the lookout for a pair of burglars who are calling themselves the Wet Bandits. We know that you're in there. It's Santa Claus and it's Elf. Get off my property. This is my house. I have to defend it. Where's your mother? My mom's in the car. Where's your father? He's at work. What about your brothers and sisters? I'm an only child. Where do you live? Can't tell you that. Why not? Because you're a stranger. He's a kid. I mean, what can a kid do to us? Kids are stupid. I know I was. You still are, Marv. This is it. Ow! I don't care if I have to get out on your runway and hitchhike. I am going to get home to my son. Take your shoes off. Why do you dress like a chicken? Gus Polinski, Polka King of the Midwest. If you have to get to Chicago, we'll gladly drive you. Hey, guys. Yesterday, he was just a kid. But tonight, he's a home security system. You guys give up? Oh, yeah, thirsty for more. From John Hughes. You know, I got a feeling this is going to be your best Christmas ever. A family comedy without the family. Home alone. Are you here all alone? I'm eight years old. You think I'd be here alone? I don't think so. Directed by Chris Columbus, coming November 16th. <laughs> so in the middle of the trailer, I go, he's dead. <laughs> when John Candy came up. And then I go, and so is the dad. <laughs> yeah. Sad. But I definitely think... This movie's more up your alley, right, than than Die Hard. Yeah, and my dad also loves this movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's hard not to like this movie. I think that while this movie does meet my criteria for a Christmas movie, I also think it's not so much of a Christmas. But Christmas is not what I think of when I think of this movie. Like you can watch, I it, think you can of watch it anytime. Christmas more during the second one. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. But no, but Christmas, just, is, Christmas is m- plays more of a role in this one than Die Hard. Yeah, I mean, but it also could have taken. There place are at any like point. two different things going on, right? His mom's trying to get home because of that conflict of 
them leaving him at home. And one of the barriers to her getting home is it being Christmas Eve. Right. And then the thieves, you know, Mm -hmm. Marvin Harry trying to rob their home. I guess it does play a bigger part the more you think about it, because the reason that a lot of the neighbors aren't home when they're trying to contact them is because they're either out of town for Christmas or gone shopping or something like that. So it has some key, some important points in the movie. Yeah. Where it's where it is important that it's Christmas, but not a ton. Well, I don't know. I guess I don't know because the movies we have coming up later, the next movie we're doing is definitely a Christmas movie. The next two movies. Are well, no, because the other one. Well, no, yes, both, that's true. Yeah, They're both like very both Christmassy. Both yeah. of them are like much more definitively. Nobody's going to contest their Christmas movies. Yeah. I don't know. What do you, what's your favorite thing about this movie? Would you say? (laughs) Obviously the part where he like annihilates them. (laughs) Where he's sitting at the top of the stairs. He's like, you guys ready to give up or you're thirsty for more? (laughs) Yeah. Just like the fact that Kevin McAllister is afraid of his neighbor, but he's not afraid of these guys who could actually really harm him. Yeah. is funny. A lot of the, a lot of the film, I honestly think it's, the parents are shitty in this. Oh, the whole family is trash. Like, the fact that Buzz doesn't get yelled at for anything he does. Mm-hmm. Like, when he's like, Buzz ate all my cheese pizza. And that's not typically what happens in most families. The older sibling always gets yelled at. Yeah. It's not usually the younger sibling, but they needed the plot line for him to. I think his family fucking sucks. They're the worst. <laughs> so His whole family. When Zach and I were watching it. I, you know the part where he's like, I'm, guys, I'm eating junk and watching rubbish. You better come. Stop me. Yeah. yeah. And he's watching that movie. Uh-huh. I was like, is this like a real gangster movie or is this like made for the film? And Zach's like, of course, it's a real gangster movie. And then he Googled it and it's not. It was made for the film. Mm. Okay. <laughs> well, that's what I said during the trailer when when Marv and Harry were pre- were getting scared i was like this movie features what must be the most realistic sounding movie ever that everybody the pizza guy fucking falls over the trash can and then stumbles his way out thinking he's being shot at i was like man that gangster movie must have won an academy award for sound design since it was so realistic yeah it's crazy and he does it twice yeah and then he does it again in the second one yeah that's the thing they brought the shtick back they did they brought one, two, ten. <laughs> Keep the change, you dirty animal. Filthy animal. Whatever. You filthy animal. Okay, you're right. I Yeah, I love this movie. I texted Rita last night and she didn't text me back because she was going to start crying. Because I was getting like unexpectedly emotional during the scene between Kevin and his neighbor, Marley, in the church. That was such a good conversation that they had. And I was not expecting it to be so emotionally deep from Home Alone. Yeah. They were, but it is. I mean, but why is he always making friends with old people? I don't know. Like he I has did. no friends his own age in these movies. No, I loved in that, in that thing where he's talking about how he got that sweater from his grandparents with a 
like a chicken, a bunny on it or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, well, that sounds nice. And he's like, not for a kid in the second grade. I know a guy who got beat up just because he, oh, what did he say? Oh, just because people found out he slept in dinosaur pajamas. <laughs> Stuff like that. That was funny. But there were two lines in that scene that re- that hit me a little bit more than I was expecting to. And I don't know if I was just in an emotional state last night when I was watching <laughs> it or yesterday afternoon or what. But the scene where Marley's talking about his son and he's like, I'm afraid to call him because what if he won't talk to me? And Kevin's like, aren't you a little old to be afraid? And Marley says, you could be a little old for a lot of things. You're never too old to be afraid. And I was like, damn, that's true. Is that because you're always afraid now? Yeah. What are you afraid of? Everything. <laughs> no, and then there's... I thought you were going to say emotional connection. No, <laughs> that's not what I'm afraid of usually. Commitment. Maybe vulnerability Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay so tell me when it started for you david (laughs) no so i was talking to laura when she was doing my nails at one time and we were talking about how i traced back a lot of my sleeping habits to i think it's a fear of vulnerability so like that i need weight on my feet when i sleep oh no like i can't have my foot hanging off the edge of the bed or something like that. Like I need something on my feet. Like pressure on my feet. Mm. Uh, it's weird. I don't know. I don't know how else to describe it. But I also sleep on my side. I hug a pillow. But I, then I also have a second pillow that's up against my back. You're. N- what are you going to do when so- when you meet somebody? You're just going to be like, sorry, we can't cuddle. Cause- Rita, do you think this is not something that I have thought about before? I don't know what I'm going to do. Okay. Well. But I also think that my fear of the ocean has something to do with that <laughs> oh my too. Gosh. I really do. <laughs> I think that it's like the, the vastness of the vulnerability. Doesn't Rachel of it. also hate the ocean? Yeah. She hates whales specifically. <laughs> well, Rita, what? I'm not going to tell you if you're going to laugh and snicker the whole time. No, I'm not. just saying I'm laughing at myself because I'm afraid of volcanoes. <laughs> We're like not anywhere near one. So it's not like. Yeah. Did you see? We're nowhere near the ocean either. Okay. But now you're going to be afraid of swimming pools too. Because did you see the previews for night swim? I have it pulled up. I have not watched it yet. But I did. I I saw it. Was so now you're not going to be able to go in the swimming pool. No. I used to be afraid when I was younger of the swimming pool at night. If I couldn't see the bottom. I think. I would be terrified. Do you remember Chicken Soup for the Soul? I, the remember, books. I recognize the name when you say it, yeah. They used to tell stories, real stories people would write in. Hmm. And I remember there being one about a girl getting killed by the drain in the swimming pool or something. And I was terrified of oh, the drain. No. But I can't remember if I made that up, but I feel like I didn't. Maybe it's like the Mandela effect. <laughs> that doesn't seem like a chicken soup for the soul kind of story. That seems like a, some are you them, afraid of the dark? Some right? of them were pretty bad. They were traumatic because it was like people's life story. Hmm. I yes. don't know if I want to hear it. Yes, it it was true. I just looked chicken soup for the preteen soul. Yeah. Did her hair get caught in the drain and she drowned okay, or something? Let's see. I don't know if it's going to pull the story up. Okay. 
The story inside Chicken Soup for the Preteen Soul is called Kelsey. It's written by a boy named Sean Rue. He and his sister Kelsey were really close, and one day something tragic happened. Kelsey and Dakota, the youngest brother, begged their mom to go to the public pool. A little while later, there was a call from someone at the pool saying that there was an accident. Kelsey had been caught in the pool drain, and when the paramedics came, they couldn't pull her out. Kelsey was underwater for about 25 minutes. Okay. So she drowned. Yeah. Jesus, that's awful. Yeah. Well, I don't really know where to go from there. <laughs> we can talk about this really first of all i don't want to talk about that anymore no not the thing i'm talking about the movie (laughs) okay why didn't he tell his family what happened the only home alone oh yeah movie where he does is it the third one or fourth it's a third one the third one's the one where he's homesick yes that one is the one where he's telling them that there's bad guys Mm. why didn't he tell them like hey there were like he's like what'd you get up to and he's like just hung out just hanging around and you're yeah. like what kevin yeah but know. the cops also hauled them away now they didn't haul them away from kevin's house but still they would have taken yeah. a statement from kevin on what happened yeah and i feel like if something like that would have happened the police would have told his family what happened yeah so i don't know I would have, that's the first thing I would have told my mom. I would have been like, mom, you'll never guess. Remember that guy who was in our house that was a cop? He was a thief. And then I bet your, you bet your ass she would have never left him at home again. Yeah. To be fair, they didn't leave him at home the they second time. In but. New York, which is arguably worse. The other quote that hit me in that exchange between Kevin and Marley was where Kevin said, I don't care how mad I was. I'd talk to my dad, especially around the holidays. And did he? He did. Except for, he says that to the old guy, but he had literally just told his family, I don't want to see you again for the rest of my life. But he mentioned that. He was like, I like my family even when I say I don't. I even think I don't sometimes. He's too smart for his age. How old is he supposed to be? Five? Eight. Okay. Five. (laughs) He sure acts five. Yeah. I also really like the scene where Kevin's like getting everything ready and he's got his drawing of all his traps and stuff that he's going to make. And I love when he's setting up stuff. He's just, no kid is that smart to think of absolutely That's probably why he doesn't have any friends. Probably. Because this is what he focuses on. True. He's too smart for all those other eighth graders. But not like, so funny. I don't know. It's just, it's so funny because it's the 90s. Mm-hmm. Like the part with it where he sees the neighbor in the store and he runs out with the toothbrush and they chase him. Like that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Or when the. I like how he like looks down at the, after he gets away and he's like a criminal. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, this is on my permanent record now. <laughs> I'm a hardened criminal. Or when he goes to the store and she's like, where do you live? And he goes, I'm not supposed to tell you that. You're yeah. a stranger. Yeah. Like, I love like all of, he's like already thought it all out. He's like, where's your mom? She's out in the car. Where's your dad? He's at work. Listen, lady, I'm eight years old. Do you really think I'd be here by myself? I don't think so. Not just that, but like, why was she so concerned about that? Because in the 60s, they were sending their kids to the store for milk and cigarettes. Yeah, I don't know. 
Like, I think she was just because like, she seems like she's like kind of hiding a smile most of the time. I think it's because he's like reading a newspaper and trying oh, to look oh, older. Yeah. I've got a coupon for that and like all this stuff. And she's like, where are your parents? I will wholeheartedly admit that I've had the dinner that he has for himself many times. <laughs> the glass of milk and the mac and cheese. <laughs> I love that scene. I watched it like two or three times when he was like, thank you, Father, for this nutritious microwave mac and cheese dinner and the people who sold it to me on sale. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. The other thing is the aftershave scene. Oh, yeah. Well, so that I was noticing. I was looking at the poster or whatever and he's doing the famous home alone face with Mm -hmm. his hands on his cheeks which is obviously iconic but he never he only does that twice and it's both times it's in response to the aftershave he's never doing that in response to harry and marv breaking into the house but why is he also screaming with the aftershave and zach's like because it burns when you cut your face and i'm like but he's not shaving no no so it's like a it's like an alcohol-based thing so it is very cooling and cold almost to the point of burning okay it's like if you got like rubbing alcohol on your hands and patted it on your face i guess but it's like very minty and stuff mentholy mentholy yes yeah okay well i think he's just like ah like surprised by it i think the first time i don't know why (laughs) what he does to his brother's room though is so fucked up like what he stands he on the shelf and the shelf like falls and knocks down all the other shelves oh with all of yeah, buzz's yeah, yeah, stuff yeah, yeah oh i'd be pissed yeah well he is at the end he's like kevin what did you do to my room but i think it's so funny kevin cleaned up the r- entire rest of the house like the house is spotless after harry and yeah were taken away but he let he was like fuck buzz buzz's room's dead <laughs> you're dead to me bro you're dead to me buzz sucks did you know that that house just went on sale no oh my god i bet it's so fucking expensive. let's see i know it just went on sale though while you're looking that up i'm gonna s- jump into some fun facts one fun fact that i don't think we talked about no we did talk about it but the little the picture of buzz's girlfriend that macaulay Culkin looks at and goes buzz your girlfriend woof was actually not a little girl and i swear to god we have talked about this fun fact on the podcast before so if you're a veteran oh listener, no this you probably know this fun fact if you are a new listener you don't know this fun fact but this that, wasn't the house i was on sale but continue oh but the the picture of buzz's girlfriend that is used in the movie christopher columbus christopher columbus chris columbus felt bad having a girl pose for the picture so that they could mock it. So, so what instead, did they do? I, I want to say it's Chris Columbus's son or nephew who is dressed up to be a girl in okay in the picture. That makes so it does kind of look it. like yeah. It's not actually a little girl. Well, that's nice. That was nice of him to think about. Yeah. This isn't the house that was on sale. Sorry, it was the Jean Benet Ramsey house. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I. I'm getting the two houses mixed up. Well, they both involved gruesome, horrible murders. <laughs> or they would have if it was real. That's true. This one. That's true. Mary and Marv would be dead in critical condition. 
after the first scene, he his hair wouldn't have been the only thing that caught on fire. Yeah. His whole he would have had third degree burns. It looks like he has at least second degree burns, but it would have been third degree burns. But that house was sold for two point five million in two thousand twelve. How much? Two point five million. Yeah, that sounds about right. That that was the I saw a meme. Weren't or they saying that the l- dad was like a mafioso or something? Well, they were like that's the real question about Home Alone is what was Mr. McAllister doing to be able to afford this kind of house? For real. That's what I'm saying. Shit. So Joe Pesci deliberately avoided Macaulay Culkin on set because he wanted Culkin to think he was mean. Oh, yeah. did he actually believe it though? I doubt it. I, I doubt eventually. I'm sure he didn't. Oh, here it is. The picture Kevin finds of Buzz's girlfriend was a picture of a boy made up to look like a girl because director Chris Columbus thought it would be too cruel to make fun of a girl like that. The boy used in the photo was the art director Dan Webster's son. Okay, that makes way more sense then. Yeah. Way more sense. Yeah. So Joe Pesci was used to adding profanity into a lot of his scripts and kept forgetting that the film that he was making was family friendly. Is that why he does that? Like, So Chris Columbus advised him to say fridge instead of the F word. And a lot of Pesci's unintelligible pained mutterings were his way to avoid cursing. Okay. That makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. Because he's like. (laughs) Yeah. Funny, Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern felt indifferent about the movie's potential during shooting, so they intentionally gave over-the-top performances, neither one of them believing the movie would become a massive success. Joke's on you. I mean, it's still one of my favorite movies. It's fantastic. And yeah. it was, like, I'm still surprised by how much fucking money it made. It this it was, that's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Well, yeah, I don't know. Oh, this one's sad. John Candy shared all of his screen time with Catherine O'Hara. The two previously worked together on SCTV in 1976 and were good friends. Candy died on O'Hara's 40th birthday, and O'Hara gave a tearful eulogy at his funeral. That's really sad. Yeah. One of your really good friends dying on your birthday? Yeah. I I do think that I haven't looked into it too much, but just based on the fact that she seems to be very close with people that she works with. It seems like Catherine O'Hara seems like a really solid person. Oh yeah. The fact that she and Macaulay Culkin are still close. She was at his like star ceremony literally last Friday. And she obviously is good friends with Dan Levy. They've worked together so many times. It just, I don't know. I like when I, when you see or hear things about stars like that. Yeah, and she was a big Tim Burton, like Tim Burton mm-hmm. hired her for several films. Like she was in yeah. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, yeah. She I didn't make that connection. the voice of Sally, Sally but she yeah. was also the voice of one of the kids. Yeah, I did know that. I didn't know that. I just yeah, found that out a few years ago. When we did the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So did you... Macaulay Culkin's stunt double was a very short 30-year-old man. <laughs> I, <see> that one. <laughs> I was like, oh, interesting. I thought about this when we were watching the trailer. The movie originally had more scenes of the family in Paris, but test audiences wanted to get back to Kevin. Every scene 
well, okay. The ones where Catherine O'Hara is trying to get back are fine. But I do, I, I feel the same way. It's like anytime we cut away to the family in Paris, I'm like, all right, let's get back to the Macaulay Culkin and like the fun stuff. It was the same way in the second one. When you see them in Florida, you're like, we don't care. Yeah. I haven't seen that in a very long time. <laughs> when nine-year-old Macaulay Culkin got tired on set, he would just lie down on the ground and sleep in between takes. Oh my, that's so sad, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a quote. No wonder he was fucked up. <laughs> I saw a quote where they were talking about how Macaulay Culkin was very mature for his age. They That he was basically a 40-year-old in a nine-year-old's body. Crazy. Oh. Everyone on set was amazed with how mature and professional Macaulay Culkin was. Joe Pesci told Entertainment Weekly, Mac is like a nine-year-old with an old... Wait, is not like any nine-year-old. He's an old man already interesting well there was almost a different person that was going to play Marv did you read about that Mm -mm. so when the filmmakers had initially cast Daniel Stern for the role of Marv Stern agreed to shoot for six weeks when producers later said they needed him for eight weeks but the studio was not willing to pay him more he declined the offer at the recommendation of the studio Daniel Roebuck was then cast for from a tape as Marv, as he was willing to work for a lower price than Stern. According to Roebuck, after two days meeting with the producers who were cold towards him, he was told he was no longer needed, citing a lack of chemistry with Joe Pesci in their screen tests. The studio finally caved to the producers' wishes and brought back Stern, since he and Pesci had been friends since they had both appeared in I'm Dancing As Fast As I Can and had a great chemistry. Roebuck earned a hefty paycheck for his troubles, but could only receive it if he agreed not to be hired for any other acting jobs until this movie had been completed. Though he was able to put a down payment on a house with the money he received for not working on this project, Roebuck took the rejection as a huge blow to his ego, remaining bitter for a long time about his experiences with the movie. And Daniel Roebuck is, uh, like, he's he was, like, slapstick comedy, kind of, like, he played in... Well, he didn't just play in Snap, Snap. He was, like, in The Fugitive. He was in Final Destination. He was the agent. Hmm. This guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, That yeah. was supposed to be Marv. Oh, well, interesting. Okay. Daniel Stern was always supposed to be Marv, but <coughs> he was like, money talk, a bitch. Pay yeah. me. So since we were just talking about it, in May 2011, the house in... Win- oh, I don't know how to say this. Win- Winnetka, Illinois, used in this movie, was listed for sale at $2.4 million. It sold in March 2011. 12 at 1.585 million the house is promoted as a tourist attraction and is cited as an example of quote how to get your home in the movies well i saw that it's listed at being six million now it's not on sale but like that that's what it would be worth that's crazy when you think about it the wax and plastic snow used in this movie was given to the lyric opera house in chicago when shooting finished and it's since been used in numerous opera productions that's cool it's crazy a fake burnt head was used for the blowtorch scene and chris columbus still has it in his office this movie's just steeped in like fun facts guys they're i mean yeah it's it can't not be right because it's so loved. 
Oh, I noticed this when I was watching the movie. The boy who played Kevin's cousin Fuller, the one drinking the Pepsi and is smiling, his brother. is his brother. Yeah, it's Kieran. Yeah. You didn't know that? Not until yesterday when I watched it. <laughs> yeah. That's him. They look so similar as kids. They still look they still look similar. Yeah. I mean like when you watch Kieran so Culkin similar. and Scott Pilgrim, you're kinda like, Yeah, he's definitely Macaulay Culkin's brother. Mm-hmm. But what were their parents doing that their children had to be, like, in movies and shit? Yeah, I mean, this it's got a lot of fun facts, but I don't know. I don't know how fun they are. Things like Christopher, Chris Columbus. I don't I keep wanting to say Christopher Columbus. <laughs> Chris Columbus wanted the booby trap with Marv getting hit in the face with a household object sent down the laundry chute, but he couldn't think of one to use. His brother-in-law suggested a clothes iron, and that's what was used in the movie. Did you know that there was the rumored original draft where his uncle Frank is revealed to be the bad guy? No. He's the villain that hires Harry and Marv. He would. And to rob the house and other houses and also to kill Kevin. Oh, my God. (laughs) What? That's so dark. Yeah. Old Man Marley was not in the original screenplay. What? Really? Yeah. Well, then what would have happened? I don't know. So. I like the scene at the end where he's like hugging his son and his granddaughter and then he waves at Kevin. He waves at him, yeah. Yeah. He's like all teared up. I love Marley. So. Also, I don't. Maybe I maybe he's my favorite character because I see myself in him. Oh, gosh. That's going to be me. I'm going to be an old man living alone. Shoveling snow. That everyone's afraid I'm of. I'm depressed now. well we could always go back and talk about your chicken soup for the soul story no so i actually wanted to talk about the fact that we're probably not going to do the second movie on here i don't think like we really don't need to do the same exact movie the same concept right but i didn't we forgot to do our synopsis oh well you do it quick the McAllister family is going to france they leave kevin he has to figure out what to do on his own against Harry and Marv who are trying to break in while also being afraid of his neighbor who his brother Buzz told him was a serial killer. Turns out he's not. Yep. And Marley comes and saves Kevin in the end. And they live happily ever after the end. So Alan Rickman was actually considered for the role of Harry. <laughs> oh, weird. Because Macaulay Culkin's aunt is Bonnie Bedelia. Bedalia. Bedelia? Bedelia, I think. Yeah. Oh. So. Chris Farley auditioned for the role of Santa Claus. Oh, gosh. That's sad, too. Jeez. Yeah. So, what I was going to say is that the second movie follows the same plot line, except for he goes on, he gets except on the wrong for plane. in New York, yeah. So, his family makes it to Florida, and then he goes to New York, and he ends up going to his uncle's house, where they're out of town. And their home's being renovated and he uses their home as the place where he traps Harry and Marv again. But someone brought up this really funny thing to me because I was like, do you remember the turtle dove scene where he gives her like the turtle dove because she's his friend? And my friend Brandon's like, you mean the homeless lady with all the pigeons? So instead of him giving her some money from his dad's wad of cash or buying her a meal or doing anything to potentially help this woman, he gives her a turtle dove. And I was like... I really never thought of that. She is a homeless person and he is nice to her, but yeah, he really doesn't take care of her in any way. Right. 
So that kind of made me laugh. But also the airport attendant, like that what doesn't make sense to me. She, they never question why there was a person missing from the group. But it's because he did you notice the ticket in the beginning gets thrown in the trash mm-hmm. when they're cleaning up the milk? Yeah. I didn't notice that. Yeah. It's convenient. It was his. And also his sister or cousin, whoever she is. Like, it may not have been two counts the same kid twice. So. But I also don't, it didn't necessarily have to be Kevin's ticket because that was the nineties. They That's didn't true. check IDs and stuff. It was 90. It was like almost the eighties. <laughs> Yeah, they were. That's, well, that's why they hand in uh, like the wad of tickets and then all of them just run onto the plane. Right. Things like, were very, very, very different then. Exactly. Like this travel. was pre-TSA. So. I mean, she's literally trying to trade earrings for somebody else's ticket. So. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was very different. That time. man in that movie is Zach. I'd be the one that's like, oh, this lady wants to give us all this money so we can stay home and not make it in time for Christmas to where we need to go. And he'd be like, no, of course not. That's your problem, lady. She doesn't need any more earrings. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be Zach for sure. Zach would be like, don't let people talk you into shit. But that's like really it. I mean, there are tons of fun facts. But it's all just about the production or like references to other things. Like Old Man Marley was a reference to Scrooge's business partner marley in a christmas carol oh that's cool things like that so yeah another thing that it seems like this is a christmas movie it was written with christmas in mind i think yeah i think so yeah so the fake movie angels with filthy souls was the first thing to be filmed when the budget wasn't very big. So everyone liked starting out on something with cardboard sets. Yeah. That's should we, should we rate this sucker? Yeah. Okay. Another not super deep movie, but you know, that's nice. Yeah. I like when they're not that deep. I agree. All right. Funny. Eight. Oh, I gave it a five. I think in retrospect, I think it should be a little bit higher, but I'm not going to rescore it right now. That's fine. Acting. Eight. I gave it a seven. Yeah. I think especially for a child actor, Macaulay Culkin is fantastic, but that's why he was like fucking everywhere at this time. Yeah. Because he was the child actor. Oh yeah, absolutely. And he's just so stinking cute. And Catherine O'Hara did a really good job being a desperate mom trying to get home to her son and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm like, oh, why do you care so much now? There was a thing where they talked about the attic wasn't insulated and it was Chicago winter. Yeah. It wouldn't have, it would have been a real punishment to make him sleep in the attic. So I also thought about being that Kevin is our point of view character. I talked about point of view characters in krampus a little bit Mm -hmm. but i think that one of the things that directors and writers will do is they'll make kevin's family as a caricature of what a mean family would be and i think that maybe it was over the top because kevin's our point of view character and as an eight-year-old he would see them as this is how mean they're being yeah so maybe they weren't really that mean but who knows that's true but buzz still didn't get yelled at so buzz is a piece of shit for real when he's like when his sister's like you're not worried anything's gonna happen to kevin and buzz is like first of all i'm not that lucky like shut the fuck up and then he's like then he's like 
And two, we live on the most boring street in the country. And D, <laughs> you're like, yeah. you're a moron. Yeah. <laughs> Visuals. I gave it a five because like. I gave it a seven. Practical effects and stuff, I think. Yeah. So. And. And story. Eight. I gave it a six. Okay. So what was your score? 6.25. Mine was 7.25. Woo. Awesome. Not bad. Yeah. Are we telling them what our next movie is? No. Oh, okay. Got to tune in to find out. All right. Well, we'll see you next time. Yep. We're nearing the end. Yeah, we're getting there two more weeks until Christmas. Oh. Well, Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Box Office Brunch and email us your thoughts and recommendations at boxofficebrunchpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Welcome, Christmas. Bring your cheer. Where's the milk and cookies? Whoa. This is the one.